hope you guys um, are ready for an incredible year of just worship and serving and just being the church. Uh, I love that song reminding us that these battles that we fight, they are the Lord's, right? And I love that reminder last week with those of you who were here for Mark Jones's sermon about these battles that we fight. They aren't of flesh and blood, but they're spiritual. Just, a, just an incredible reminder. Hey, I wanted to give you guys an update uh, first before we go into our time of communion and prayer um, on our giving for this uh, past year. So when, when someone asked me, hey, describe your church uh, to me. Just tell me in a, in a word or two what, what Shelby Christian Church is like. One of the first things that I think of is a group of just generous people, generous givers. And you guys are that. I've seen that over the decades, year after year, week after week, month after month, how Shelby Christian Church is just this incredible group of generous givers. And so here's a couple of, of big numbers that I want you guys uh, to help help us celebrate this morning. The first number is this, $131,000. That's what we've had come in for together uh, this year. So that's a, that's an incredible number. Yeah. So uh, celebrate with us on a little over $131,000. In addition to that, obviously we didn't know what was going to happen in December with the tornadoes. And so we started collecting money, asking for uh, resources for that. We've collected over $103,000 for tornado relief. So yeah, so those two numbers together, I think there's a slide up there. Those two numbers together were over $234,000 that you guys and a couple other sister churches have helped us uh, collect so far that we're going to use this year in 2022 to... Just simply share with people about how much Jesus loves them. When I, when I see numbers like that, I know you go to like this financial kind of business side of your mind and go, oh yeah, I can understand those numbers. But here's what I want you to see when you see a slide like that or when you hear numbers like that. I want you to understand that those numbers, that money, that represents opportunities for us as a church. It represents opportunities for us as individuals, as missions partners, together partners, people that just simply go out and serve, to share the message of who Jesus is with someone who may not know him today. You guys have been walking with us this, this last week, hopefully through our prayer and fasting journal. And today in, we, in, in uh, day seven, the prayer prompt was for us to pray for someone who's far from the Lord. And if you've already done that today, I I bet when you read that, you immediately thought of someone, friend, family member, neighbor, son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, spouse. You thought of someone that you know that they are far from the Lord and and you're going to, you have, or you're going to pray for them today. When I think about Jesus and his life and I observe his life in the New Testament, he, he was heavy into two areas. He was big into relationships. He was always with people sharing about his father's love. But he was also heavy into prayer. He would be with people and then what he realized because he is God, is that when you're around people a lot, it, it can drain you. <laughs> so, so he would go off by himself and he would stop and he would pray. He would pray that God's will would be done in his life and he would pray for those men and women that were, were in his circle. 
And so this morning, as, as we come to a, a time of communion, one of the things I, I want to encourage you to do is as you spend the next few moments, there are tables in the front and in the back, and the communion is double cupped with your cup and with your juice and your bread. So come take those um, here in a second after I pray. But the thing I want to remind us about this morning as we commune with the Lord and just thank Him for what He's done for us and for what the cross means for us is that there are going to be opportunities for you this week to share that love with someone and that He would give you the wisdom and the discernment and the open eyes to see that opportunity so that one more person could know the love of Jesus like we do. Would you guys pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for today, and I thank you for the opportunity we have this morning to gather as your church in this place, to sing these worship songs, to give back a a portion of what you've so richly blessed us with, with our financial resources and our giving, and also to stop and to think for a moment about what it means to be your follower, to be your son's follower, to understand what, what it means to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior what the cross represents for us and what an empty tomb means to us. The reminder of a body that was pure and blameless and holy and that was given for us because of our sins. And then the great news that that brings forth, that you've done that for everybody and that we can all be renewed and we can all be saved and we can all have a life that's full of purpose and passion because of your son, Jesus. So God, thank you for that reminder today. Thank you for loving us in that incredible way. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Friday. Can we agree that we have officially had enough and we're done for the year? All right. That's uh, the rest of you. We'll pray for you. Uh, or, or next time it comes, you can come shovel my driveway. There was a psychology professor who walked into her class one day with a glass of water. It was a glass of water just like this, and I don't know which camera would pick it up if you're in the back and be able to see it. But she held up this glass of water and just kind of walked for a minute. And every student in the class, probably a lot like most of you right now, were thinking that she was going to ask, is the glass half empty? Or is the glass half full? Rather than ask that question, she asked this one. How heavy is this glass of water? How heavy is this glass of water? Now, I will tell you just, if we're looking at, this is real glass. This isn't plastic. So that's obviously going to add a little bit. And I don't know, there's probably eight ounces of water, so you can figure that in. How heavy is this glass of water? She continued to walk around the classroom for several minutes talking about the glass of water and how we determine how heavy something is. And, and then she shared this. This glass of water 
isn't very heavy right now. But if I hold this glass of water for the entire class or for me for the entire message this morning, the longer I hold the glass, the heavier it gets. You you hold this glass for a second or two, you even take a drink or two, you even empty the water out of the glass, but you continue holding the glass, the longer you hold the glass, the heavier it gets. You hold it for an hour and it might get to the point that it's a, a little bit uncomfortable, You hang on to it and hold it for a day, empty or full or half full, and it becomes a somewhat of a burden. You hold that glass nonstop for a week or more, and you're going to learn to what? Hate the glass, no matter what it could be filled with. Then she went on to tell the students, there is great wisdom in life and learning what you need to hold on to and what you need to let go of. Because if you hold on to things that you don't need to hold on to for too long, they become a real burden. There's wisdom and knowing when to set the glass down. I am convinced that we all hang on to a lot of stress We all hang on to a lot of worries. We all hang on to a lot of burdens that we need to sit down and that we need to let go. And the key to being able to do that is partially, largely, I would suggest, the wisdom of knowing what's important. And so today, as we continue this 21 days of prayer and fasting, the things that Jason was talking about, we want to look at the wisdom that's necessary in our life and we want to do that by looking at a passage a prayer that was prayed by the apostle paul in the book of ephesians in the first chapter if you got your bibles want to open to ephesians chapter one we'll be starting in verse 15 and picking that up Uh, and so i'm glad that you are here with us either on campus or online let me let me suggest something to you there if you're here and you didn't get one of the prayer guides uh, the prompts last week there's still a few of them out on the information center We'll have more next week, but also here's where you can find it either for you guys or those of you watching online You can go to our website and the very first thing that is going to pop up is a picture that looks like this one behind me And if you click on that picture, it's going to go to a digital digital version of All the prayer prompts and for each day there's a there's a scripture prompt There's a prayer prompt and there's a fasting prompt and I don't know, I, I thought about it, and it just figured to take too much time. I thought about doing a survey and seeing which of the six fasts that we've done so far was the most difficult for you. I'm embarrassed <laughs> to tell you which one was the most difficult for me. Uh, number two on the list for me, the, you know the easiest one? <laughs> this is a, not eating. That was the, that, that was the easiest one. Number two on the list that I really struggled with was, I'm a 60-year-old dude and I couldn't stay off social media. That was a struggle for me that day, not even to check and see if anybody sent me anything. And I didn't. I got through the whole day. 
but yesterday and i like drinking water but drinking only water oh my goodness it was like that was a that was a struggle so but here's what god did and i talked to some people about it because i i drink far too much caffeine i'll confess that to you all right and my head was throbbing and every time my head was throbbing it was a reminder to seek god so it worked because it's not about what we give up it's about what we fill it with and how we spend more and more time with god so that was kind of how it was working for me and so i I do wonder are, are you spending more time with god uh, are you reading? Are you praying? Are you fasting? That's kind of what this is all about. And how, here's the big question. How has your life changed? You say, well, it's only been six or seven days. I know, I know that, that, but, but how is it changing? And here's the other thing. You might say, well, I wasn't here last week. I don't even really know what you're talking about. I've already missed a week ever. We're only going three weeks. Here's the deal. There's nothing special about the days. So whether you pick up one of the journals today or you get online and do it, just join it. We're on day seven, as Jason mentioned today. We're on day seven. Pick up with us, finish the thing, and then go back and start over again or do at least do days one through six at the end of it. There's nothing special about, you know, which day things land on. It's just a time to see we've got to know God and we got to get in his word. And it's important that we figure out the things that we need to hang on to and the things that we need to set down. And we need to pray about that. We need to up the ante on our prayer life. Now, it's so, for a long time, I've wondered if some of the struggles that worldwide, some of the struggles in our prayer life are because, well, what we pray about what we're holding on to now now stay with me for a minute here because i I don't want to offend anybody it's so easy to get caught up in praying for the obvious you go into a class time it's more good anybody got any prayer concerns and we go down a litany of all the people who are sick or families who have just lost a loved one and that and and then we have our prayer now i'm not saying don't pray for the sick and dying but there's so much more there's so much more you know that's somewhat i don't know here's where i don't want to offend but that's somewhat the low-hanging fruit that's the obvious yes we need to pray for those that are sick yes we need to pray for those that are grieving because they've lost someone but but what about marriages what about leadership in our community and and our nation what about job situation? What about school situation? There is so much more that we need to dig deep into. And so I'm hoping that through this season, that maybe, that maybe God's going to work to get us in some, I don't know, let's call it down and dirty prayer stuff. Where we're on our knees, sobbing to a holy God, praying for the things that are really important, but that takes wisdom. To understand all the things that we need to get into. Do you know that there are 42 recorded prayers from the Apostle Paul in the New Testament? From the time of his conversion until the, the end of the New Testament, there are 42 uh, recorded prayers. But rarely, rarely, almost never did Paul pray about physical needs. 
And he prayed for boldness. He prayed for power. He prayed for influence. Uh, he prayed for wisdom and guidance and effectiveness. He prayed that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that what Jesus taught us when he taught us how to pray? Let's storm the gates of hell so that things can happen. Maybe our prayers are weak and ineffective because we don't, we don't ask God enough for the things that only he can provide. We, we get, we, we kind of pray for things sometimes that, you know, we kind of think, oh, it's going to work out this way and God, this is what I want. Instead of like those, you know, big, hairy, audacious prayers that we fall to our knees and we pray and we pray so fervently and so, so intensely. But we know from the get-go, there's only one way this works out, and that's if God steps in. And that way, at the end of it, there is no way we can take any glory for ourselves. It was 100% a God thing. And we get intense about praying those kind of things. Or maybe, maybe we do pray some of those prayers, and when we do, it's obvious, and God's telling us to change something in our life, to accomplish that thing that we've been praying about that he's trying to work with but but he speaks back to us and he kind of says okay here's what you need to do you need to fix this and we don't yield to the voice of god now i don't want to do it that way god i i i don't want to do that thing you know when when you see a train approaching as you're coming to a railroad track it, it, it doesn't take a whole lot of wisdom to stop. That just, that's kind of obvious. But when you're going around a blind curve and you see one of those triangular yellow signs that tells you to yield, but you can't see anything on the other curve, then you have to make some choices because the reason to yield isn't as obvious as it is when it's a train coming down the track. You just have to trust those that put the sign there and say, this is probably a good place for me to yield. In our prayer life, we need to spend some time, and I think it takes some wisdom to yield. Let me give you an acrostic using the word pray that really could help us focus as we begin praying, and we begin praying today and this week for wisdom. Let's use the word pray, and let's do it this way. The P stands for praise. The P stands for praise. Just to take time praising God for who he is and what he's already done. All right? Can we agree that God's already done some pretty awesome stuff? And and that he's done, and probably each and every one of us here, there's some global things that we could say, yes, God's done for kind of all of us. But individually, every one of us in this room got some things that God did in our life that we need to spend some time thanking him for and praising him for. So P, praise. R, repent. That's those things that we knew we needed to take care of ourselves. that we knew we stepped out of line, that we knew we weren't really where we need to be and doing as we, and we just, God, I'm sorry, I dropped the ball there. You did everything that I asked you to do. You, you made, you set me up perfectly and I missed the layup. 
because I didn't do what I needed to, and I'm sorry. And so we repent. We praise him for what he's done. We repent for uh, what we haven't done. And then we ask. Because Jesus, all through his time on earth, told us to ask. You don't have because you don't ask. And so ask the Father for whatever you need and even whatever you want. Ask the Father. And then the why yield to his leading in response to your prayer. To praise him, to repent, to ask, and to yield. And I think we can use that acrostic and go a long way to growing, to growing in where God wants to take us as we pray for wisdom. So I told you we were going to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's get it, all right? Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to start reading in verse 15, okay? And I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. It says, ever since I first heard... This is Paul talking, okay? And he's talking to the Ephesians. He says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you continually. Here's what I pray. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See what he did? He praised him for who he was. All right? To give you spiritual wisdom and insight. Some translations say in revelation, all right? Spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those that he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. Paul begins this section, this prayer for spiritual wisdom, he begins with praise. Now, Paul had visited this town of Ephesus on his second and third missionary journeys. The, the church at Ephesus was probably, most likely, first established uh, there on that second missionary journey. And then he moved on and came back on the third missionary journey. And on the third missionary journey, when he came back to Ephesus the second time, he stayed there for a while. He, he, the Bible tells us that he, he stayed there for a while and did some significant uh, teachings. And if you want to read more about that, those missionary journeys are outlined in the book of Acts, okay? So he gets there, and while he's there on that third journey, okay, on the journey, he writes the books of First and Second Corinthians. The letters to the church at Corinth. The church at Ephesus is full of all these young converts. Now get this though. Here's what we need to know. Because it's really important to understand the framework of what he's praying for when he's praying for wisdom. This is a young church full of brand new converts who were Gentiles. Right? They, they were, it was one of the first early churches that stepped out of that, that was born out of, not out of the Jewish heritage, but out of their, out of a Gentile heritage. And Paul introduced them to the good news of Jesus Christ. Later he would send a young disciple named Timothy 
And so in the New Testament, you read the books of First and Second Timothy, uh, and there Paul writing to Timothy about how to lead the church at Ephesus, okay? Because while there were some great things at the beginning, things kind of got off the rails uh, fairly quickly in Ephesus. So he's writing this letter to believers. Understand, you got you to get that. He's saying to them, he's not talking about, he's not, he's not suggesting these things to pagans, to those who don't yet believe. He's writing to those who have said they believe. They're young Gentile believers, had a lot of issues, but they have accepted that Jesus was the Messiah and they put their faith in him. And so Paul starts off praising God for what has happened there. We don't have time to read it all, but if you go back in the section right before where we started reading in verses 3 through 14, Paul spends a lot of time in those, in that section giving praise. He, he praises God that they have been included in Christ. He praises that they have been saved and redeemed and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then in the very beginning of this section, in verse 15, where we started reading just a moment ago, uh, God, uh, Paul thanks God for their strong faith and for their love for God's people everywhere. And he, notice what he said. He said, I do this regularly. It's not just one and done. God, I'm constantly thankful. I'm constantly praying for these people, but I'm constantly thankful that they have a faith in, in Jesus and they have a love for God's people everywhere. Now here's a sidebar that is interesting. Fast forward all the way, all the way to the very last book in the New Testament. The book of Revelation, the second and third chapter in the book of Revelation have seven letters that are from, from Christ to seven churches that John wrote down. And in the letter that he wrote to the church at Ephesus, because in every one of those letters to the churches, he, he points out something that they've got to improve on, something they've got to fix, something that was wrong. And he says to the church at Ephesus, the thing I hold against you is that you have forgotten your first love i think it's interesting because here he's talking about what great love they have and this letter that paul wrote was written around ad 60 uh the book of revelations written around ad 35 so in a little over three decades they have gone from being commended for their love for people and for their love for god to being chastised for forgetting their first love. It doesn't take long to get off course if we forget what we're doing, all right? And, and it's critically important to see Paul here in back in our text for the day that he begins to ask for wisdom. And But before he does that, he wants to thank God for what he's already done. And after he's praised God, he begins praying for this spiritual wisdom and insight. Now look at your text. This is really important. He wants to pray for spiritual win- wisdom and insight so that they can know more of God, so they can know God deeper. See, these spiritual exercises are are critical because it's easy. It's, It's easy for the pagan world. It's easy for complete atheists to learn about God. They can pick up all kinds of things to read. They can even pick this up and read and learn a lot about God. And that's knowledge. But without wisdom and insight, they won't understand God. All right? And so Paul says, I want you to know more about God. But I want you to be able to apply that. 
I want you to know what that means. Wisdom is not the same thing as knowledge. It's the ability to put knowledge into practice for God's glory, not for our own. See, pure knowledge, here, stay with this, this is important. Pure knowledge of the word without wisdom from the, from the word may very easily lead a person to being a Pharisee. They're the ones that Jesus dealt with and he dealt harshly with. They had a lot of knowledge about the word and about God. They didn't have the wisdom from God, although they would have claimed they did. They just wanted to follow the rules. See, wisdom, I would suggest, is the right application of knowledge. And so Paul begins by praising God for what has already happened so that he can make the big ask and take it to another level, which is what he does starting in verse 17. Uh, the, the beginning of Paul's big ask is there would be wisdom that would come from the insight and the spirit-led revelation of knowledge that they already had. See, here's the deal. If, if, if Christ followers aren't really, really careful, they can get caught up into, in, in, into personal, uh, Study, they can get caught up into talking about and dreaming about and, and just like, I just want to know more. They can get caught up. I just, God, I just want to know more and miss out on doing what they already do know. I would also suggest that it wouldn't make any sense to, for God to reveal more until we've done what we know. Just like in school, it doesn't make a bit of sense for a teacher to try to teach a student algebra if they don't know how to add and subtract. You, you've got to get the basics down and you've got to be able to apply the basic things that you do know but before you can ever go to another level, before you can ever increase and grow in that and so God is saying, okay, here's some stuff that's, that, that is here that you know. Okay, start practicing. And when you do know that, here's the cool thing that happens, that when you do know that and you start bearing fruit, it's going to be really cool because in, in math, there's these other things that come along beside, behind even algebra. And you, there's even more. Just getting to algebra one class in school, you have not arrived mathematically, all right? But you can't get there until you know the first one. And so Paul's just praying. Paul's just praying that, that they would have more spiritual wisdom and insight so that they can do these other things. And if you don't do those things, you kind of find yourself walking around carrying the same glass of water, wondering how heavy it is, whether it's half full or half empty. Until we are able to say, this is stuff that I need to hang on to. And so what does Paul ask? What are the big asks? I think there's three that are listed here in these last verses and, and we'll be done. The first big ask is, as we've already said, more knowledge of God. 
more knowledge of God, but knowledge that's seasoned with wisdom. Because Paul wanted them to use the knowledge they did have so that they could gain even more knowledge. And, and, and carrying out that math equation, like I said, there's stuff, you can't get to trigonometry and to calculus if you can't do algebra well. And you can't do algebra well if you can't add and subtract. It all builds. Does that make sense? It all builds on one. The Christian life all builds on itself and on one another and putting into practice the things we do know. For, for believers, it's a prayer that new truths will be revealed, new insights would come as we seek to follow the Lord on the things that we do know. What's the most important thing? What's the most important thing we got to hang on to? Remember the Wizard of Oz? Why, why was Dorothy trying to get to see the wizard? Oh, maybe you say, yes, she wanted to help the tin man or the cowardly lion or the scarecrow. But what was her ultimate reason? Dorothy wanted to go home. Dorothy wanted to find the wizard who could show her how to go home. And it's critically important when we try to figure out what glass to hold on to that there's a whole lot of knowledge in here that you and I need to have. But do you know what the most important thing that we need is? We need to know how to go home, how to get home, how to spend time forever with a God that allowed his son to die for us. And that knowledge, that applied knowledge is critical. And so we study and we learn and we pray and and we fast and we do the things that God asks us to do. Because how do you ever really get to know someone? How do you ever, the only way you really get to know someone is to spend time with someone. That's the only way. And until he returns, the way we do it is we spend time with him in prayer, on our knees, and in the word. And that's what we've got for now. But there will be a time when, what's the Bible say? We get to see him as he is. And that's what we long for. And that's what we work for. And until that time, we just keep reading. We just keep fasting. We just keep praying so that we can know more about him and apply what we do know. The second thing, look at verse 18. We're almost done here. Verse 18, he also prays that they would be, I love the way he put this, that they would be flooded. They would be flooded with the hope of God. You see videos or maybe you've been somewhere where after a, a rainstorm or whatever, a creek or river has really kind of flash flooded. It's just like torn it down. And, and I just have that image. He's saying, I just pray that like you get almost wiped out, that you will get overcome with the hope of God. With the hope of God. And look how he describes it. He describes it as a confident hope. As a confident hope in God. And he describes it as rich and glorious inheritance. A rich and glorious inheritance. Do do, do you catch the implication that? That what he's telling the Ephesians, and he's telling you and me as well, 
You're a child of the king. There's an inheritance that should give you great hope and great joy to know that you can walk out of here today knowing that it's all good because you're a child of the king. And Paul prays that they would be flooded with light so they could understand that hope. But our world today struggles with that. Back in 1965, a, a guy named uh, Martin Seligman, Seligman uh, discovered what they called learned helplessness. He did it by studying animals. And what he found out was that when animals are subject to difficult situations, they can't control over an extended period of time. They stop trying to escape i think those same kind of studies have been done with prisoners of war that after a period of time they have a learned helplessness and they become passive and people today can endure a lot in the present if they know they will be okay in the future but not understanding the future paralyzes them in the present but what killing it's killing people today is this lack of hope I read a fable this week uh, about a, a a man in Africa who was tired of his dog and it was old and so he just took the dog out and left it in the wilderness. This old dog that couldn't hardly walk and left it out in the wilderness. And the dog got out there and before long looked and saw a leopard prowling around it and knew that that leopard looked like he was after a meal. And the dog didn't know what to do. He knew he couldn't outrun the leopard. But he looked over and he saw a pile of bones already laying on the ground, which gave him further knowledge that the leopard probably was serious about what he was going to do. But the dog went over and got down and started licking the bones. And kind of licking his lips. And I don't remember it's a fable, so animals can talk in fables. And the dog said out loud, said, man... That's the best leopard I've ever had. To which the leopard turned and started to walk away into the wilderness. But there was a monkey sitting in the tree above the dog and he realized what the dog had done and he took off after the leopard to tell the leopard what the dog had done. And the dog, seeing the leopard walk away, decided he was okay. So he kind of walked off the same way, only to get close enough to hear the monkey talking to the leopard. Remember, animals can talk in fables. And the monkey's talking to the leopard, and he's explaining to the leopard what the dog had actually done. And now the leopard's ticked. And so the leopard starts to say, oh, we're going to go. And the monkey hops on the leopard's back, and he wants to go and watch the party. And so the monkey's riding the leopard as they go back to find the dog. The dog knows what they're going to do. The dog goes back to those same bones and lays down and is still licking his chops. And as he knows that they get close, he said, I wonder where that monkey went. I sent him out a half an hour ago to find another leopard. Explain that to the person next to you. No. The whole point of that being is you can either wallow in your lack of hope or you can find use wisdom to find a way out. And the wisdom is right here. The wisdom for us is right here. That where we can be flooded with hope of a future and our world needs us to help drive the water and flood them with hope 
of a future. And so my prayer is that you would either leave here today holding firmly to the hope that you have in Christ Jesus, or that you would at least begin to investigate a journey to find the hope that there is in Christ Jesus. There's one more thing in that big ask that Paul prays uh, for the Ephesian people. And, and, and it's the big one. It's the critical one. He prays that they would understand the greatness of God. Look back in the Bible there in verse 19. It's what we read before. He said, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. Then he goes on, and we didn't read this earlier. He goes on and said, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor in God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body and is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with him. Amen? That's what Paul wanted for the Ephesian people. And all of these letters are not only meant for the original hearers, but they're meant for future disciples like you and me. And Paul's saying, I want you to understand the greatness of God. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this because it's what we're going to talk about a lot next week. But on over in a couple chapters... In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 18, here's what he said when he described the greatness of God. He said, may you have the power to understand as all of God's people how wide and how high and how deep his love is. And he wants us to understand that. So guys, here's how we wrap it up. This week as we pray for wisdom, don't just pray that God would help you have wisdom to navigate life and only to figure out what you need to hold on to. But that you take it to a different level. Don't just pray that God would flood you with light so that you can have hope. Pray that God would remind you over and over and over again of the same power that created the world. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that same power that puts Christ at the epicenter of the universe. And that all that, all that power is at work for you and around you and in you if you've accepted Christ. See, we need God's wisdom to remind us of what's inside of us, what's ahead of us, what's around us. God's wisdom is the light that pushes back darkness it's the clarity that lifts the fog uncertainty and fear and it's the promise that you and i can do all things through jesus christ who strengthens us so guys today the bottom line bottom line is prayer for wisdom from the apostle paul is that wisdom wisdom is knowing what you need to know so that you can do what you need to do. It's not just about what you know, it's about what you do. It's knowing what you need to know so that you can do what you need to do. 
Would you guys stand with me? As we sing this song together, if, if you just need to kind of center your life and center your mind together, then I pray that you'll do that. If you need to talk to someone, Jason's back at the decision room and some other folks will be back there. And either while we sing the song or just as soon as we're done singing the song, if you want to go back there and talk to someone. But maybe you just need to in a personal moment say, God, I, let's, let's go. Let, let's get serious this week and, and teach me something that I need to know. So let's pray that as we sing and as we worship. in the ante on it. We have a prayer ministry that uh, Terry Orange leads that we try to have. Our goal is to have prayer warriors in the prayer room every service that we meet and prayer patrol just walking the campus praying over the building. And so Terry needs a few more volunteers, especially now coming fully out of COVID and, and, and just filling some holes, okay? So in the other service, I'm going to give Terry's cell number. In this service, I'm going to say, Terry, raise your hand. He's right over there. If you don't know, if you would be willing to take one Sunday a month, either to be a prayer warrior or on prayer patrol, as soon as we're done, go see Terry and he could get you plugged in. And that would be a valuable, valuable asset. He can explain far more about what that really means and looks like. Uh, if this is your first time here, stop at the I'm new wall on the way out. We've got a gift for you. If you've been here a while and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to start off the new year, either accepting Christ, most important thing, or joining a local church, uh, Pathways is a great place for you to find out all about that. And Pathways for this month is this Tuesday night. Okay, this Tuesday night, uh, you can stop out at the, uh, at the next step room and talk to Bobby or some of the team out there. They can get you signed up. Tuesday night, six o'clock is 
next step or is pathways and the three steps are first step membership and uh salvation second step discipleship and disciple making third step uh involvement and stewardship and we can get you plugged in those of you ladies or if you know any of the ladies that are part of rise up which is our ministry uh to mothers of preschoolers young kids it was scheduled to meet this tuesday but a lot of the kids have got colds and so they are not meeting this tuesday so just get the word out and you'll be getting emails about when that's rescheduled financial peace university starts the first wednesday night of february and pat and cindy murphy have got a table out in the lobby you can stop out there ask questions it is a great great way to start the year by letting this ministry this program help get your financial world in order okay and then we've been talking about bringing in some more food for the food bank and some of you guys have done that but you might notice back by the picture wall there is an enormous mountain of food which is really cool because about once a year uh, we host a pageant here uh, that heaven redmond uh kind of and her mom over tiffany oversee and her big platform has always been food for the needy and so that was food that was brought in yesterday uh, for the pageant and it will really go a long way to help them fill our pantry out front and God has started really opening some doors for us to help people uh, with some food boxes that can't get to the Serenity Center on Wednesday and things like that so keep bringing in stuff if you if you want to share in that but we just wanted to let you see until we get it stored that was what all came in yesterday in addition to some other things that have been coming so I think that's really cool uh, that God is allowing us to do that in addition to things that Jason shared during offering time man I'm glad you guys are here today. Let's get out of here and go love God and love people. Let's try to change the world. We'll see you guys.